Yes, listeners, you're welcome along to Across the Line on this Friday, February the 3rd, 2023. Paul Carroll here bringing you a preview of a very, very busy weekend of sport in the Premier County across the next hour. We have a very, very busy show in store. We're going to be talking Tipperary Hurling, football, ladies football, of course, the Hearty Cup, their school's camogie. We have a big game with Nina Ormond this weekend. We have a Lock Moorman playing with the Ireland under-20s. We'll hear from him, Brian Gleeson. We also have Greyhound Racing. We have a lot to cover in the next hour, so uh, let's not waste any time. We're going to first start talking about Tipperary versus Leash in the National Hurling League. This game is on Saturday evening at 5pm in Semple Stadium and we'll have live commentary of that game here on Tip FM with thanks to Cloche de Pobble Ross Gray College of Further Education so to talk us through this game I'm joined on the line by uh, former Tipperary goalkeeper Ken Hogan Ken you're welcome to the show Hello Paul um, Ken yeah we have a uh, an exciting, I suppose, league to look forward to this this year. It's kind of new beginnings and um, just an overall sense of kind of excitement with what this year is to bring. Yeah, well, you could see that with the Munster League games, the huge attendances, you know, at the games, and particularly in Nina, where up to 3,500 paid into the game, and and obviously children as well. So I think there's a huge interest in Tipperary Hurling. There's a hunger back, um, a thirst for success. Um, that's not going to come about overnight, as we well know. It's going to take a lot of groundwork. So just looking forward to a, a, a strong performance in the league. I think obviously the leash game, first game up, home game for, for us. So we're hoping to, to annex the two points there. And what do you think um, Liam Cahill and co will be, will be aiming for? What do you think they want from this league? I think uh, they need an influx of fresh, positive uh, blood. Um, obviously down a few injuries on the back line. I think Mikey Breen playing at full back, he'll be given an extended run there because of the fact we've had a problem at in that position for quite a while. So I think he's looking to have an important uh, spine in his team. I think he's looking for uh, players that will stand up and win hard ball, primary ball, particularly up front. He's, he's definitely aware of the fact that we depend too much probably on chasing forward uh, for scores. So with John McGrath arriving back in the scene and also obviously the younger hurlers like Brian O'Mara, Brian McGrath, Pod Campion and in the effort and coming into the fray. I think he's going to experiment, but also he's going to play uh, a few of the season players to complement that. Um, because there's been a lot of talk like about how teams will approach this league in terms of obviously with Watford last year, they got to the final and then the narrative was kind of that they kind of expended too much energy in the league and then kind of weren't ready for the championship. But what way do you see it? Do you think Tipperary need to kind of have a good league here just to get confidence back within the panel? Well, it's just confirmed this morning, Paul, that there will be league semi-finals. So what you what you probably will have is a very competitive league and then maybe at the league semi-final stage, teams will be pulling in their horns and saying, do we need to get to a league final? Do we need to uh, play that extra game before championship? Because... I believe, I think Cork are the only team with a bye, Paul. So maybe it is an incentive for Cork to go that little bit further. But for us, every game in the league will be competitive. I think it's important that Liam will, will blood players, look at players. And I think as a public, a hurling public, we've got to be patient and watch what happens because really we're preparing for the bigger picture, which is championship in Innes on the 23rd of April. 
Um, and just ahead of this weekend, I suppose it's uh, Willie Maher's first competitive game uh, with Leash, of course. Both bo- both managers of Tip and Leash are, are Ballingarry men. So, um, Willie Maher in with Leash. Uh, what are you kind of expecting from a, a Willie Maher side? Yeah, I, I think this is going to be more competitive than people feel because Willie will have a point to prove. I think he's a, he's a fine manager and coach and I think, obviously, he's been overlooked by his own county and I think he, he will bring out a very strong leash outfit that will play probably probably more to full strength than we will. So he will have a strong outfit there. Uh, let's face it, we need competitive matches. We need tough matches. We don't need one-sided games. And I think uh, Tip Leash, you know, it's a local derby as well. I think we need a good, strong, hard, tough, physical game. And this this Leash team has improved, you know, over the last few years and, and are now a competitive force. So uh, please God, we get a, a good game and please got a, a win for Tipperary on Saturday evening. Thanks a million for joining us and across the line, Ken. Perfect, thanks. Ken Hogan there giving us his take on Tipperary versus Leash in the National Hurling League. That game, of course, this Saturday at 5pm in Semple Stadium and our coverage on Tip FM is with thanks to Colossia Pubble, Rossgray College of Further Education. Myself and Shane McGrath will be bringing you live commentary of that game tomorrow evening. Now, Sunday at 2pm in Breffney Park, the Tipperary senior footballers go to Cavan to play Cavan in the National Football League. Tipperary, of course, were beaten by Down last weekend by three points. We'll be hoping to come away with a win up in Breffney Park for a second consecutive year. And uh, to talk me through this one is another former Tipperary goalkeeper, this time former Tipperary football goal- goalkeeper, Philly Ryan. Philly, how are you getting on? Not bad, Paul, thanks. Um, Philly, I suppose before we look ahead to the game, I suppose uh, awful news really coming out during the week is the injury of uh, Connor Sweeney, believed uh, an ACL injury. Jeez, um, oh, it's, it's horrible. We were there, we, we saw him go down and he was in a lot of pain at the time and you feared the worst, but this is a, a huge loss for Tipperary. Absolutely huge loss, yeah. Um, yeah, as you say, Paul, we were there. We were, we didn't actually see the incident, but uh, saw Connor on the ground, and when he put his hand up, you, you knew he was in a bit of trouble. Uh, look, all you can hope for is that he'll make a quick recovery, but this is an injury. It's a very lonesome injury. A lot of people know it, have gone through it. And maybe, you know, Connor's going to be huge, huge loss to Tipperary football at the moment. And, like... You know, Connor, he was playing well last Saturday. I think he had got three or four points uh, before he got injured. But, like, uh, he takes a lot of watching as well. And uh, any time Tipperary go up against another team, I'm sure one of the game plans is right how we mark and Connor Sweeney here or whatever. So we're going to probably need someone now to, to step in, but it's not an easy kind of uh, role to fill either. Connor's boots won't be easy to fill. Like, I mean, he shows great leadership on the field. He even went over and took three from what what would not be considered his strong side and popped it over in the second half there when Tip were coming back into it. And, you know, he, he leads the young lads on the field. He brings them into the game. He's, he's excellent, you know. He'll be a huge, huge loss to Tip. So Tipperary are up in Breffney Park on Sunday. Um, that's at 2pm. And we wish uh, Connor Sweeney all the best, of course, in his injury recovery. And hopefully we see him back in the blue and gold uh, as soon as possible. But um, the Tipperary lads are back on the road, as I said, uh, playing Cavan this weekend. Cavan also lost their, or sorry, they won their opening game. They beat Westmead at 12 points to 1-6. Of course, Tipperary lost it down by three points last weekend. So uh, Tip won in Breffney Park last year by four points, um, which was a huge win for them at the time. But they're going to, Probably need a, a, a good performance to turn over down in, or sorry, turn over Cavan in Cavan this weekend. 
Definitely, Paul. Yeah, like I mean, I suppose you look at it, and Cavan are a very settled team. They lost the Talton Cup last year. We, as you say, we did beat them there in the league. Uh, I think we ambushed them a small bit. We, I think we caught him. Michael O'Reilly had one of those days in goal that nothing would go wrong for him. You know, uh, he saved everything that came at him. Uh, up front, we took all the chances that came came our way. Uh, I think that day that Killian Clark didn't start for Cavan, who's a huge player, and they they better than themselves later on in the league final, and then they lost the Talton Cup as well. They look to be a very settled team. They've, they've played a few McKenna Cup games. The one thing I would say is they're not scoring heavy, that, uh, and they're still reliant on their goalkeeper Galligan from the uh, dead ball. So that might stand to us a small bit. And what do you think Tipperary will need to do to, to come out of here with a result? I suppose that the one thing from the last game is that we saw was the incredibly slow start. I don't think we had a shot on tar- or, or shot from play in the first half. And it's something David Power mentioned after the game as well, how the slow start ultimately costed them. So I'm sure that's probably the main focus this week is getting out of the blocks a bit quicker. Yeah, I'm sure they'll be looking at that. And I imagine that, as you say, we didn't have a shot. We had four shots at the goal in the first half. Two frees and two forty fives. Uh, one of each landed, and we missed. We missed uh, five out of ten scored chances from frees and forty uh, five. So you, you, your fifty percent conversion rate, you're going to have to up on that. I think we'll have to really go at this game. We can't. You can't come away from Cavan without something, and it's going to be very difficult even to get something at that. I think. Um, Probably losing Connor might bring a different focus. It might make us run the ball a bit more because last week we were looking to kick it into him. So uh, in the second half, when Stephen O'Brien came in there, he gave us a great push on. So I, I think maybe we'll be looking to run more at them and take them on a bit more. I hope we don't go defensive. That would be the the temptation, I imagine, the, the fact that you're down one of your marquee forwards. But uh, I hope we, we go at this game and really have a go at it. Yeah, and let's see how we how we manage without Connor Sweeney. But hopefully, uh, we can come away from Breffney Park on Sunday with a positive result. Philly Ryan, as I mentioned earlier, will be there, uh, giving us updates throughout the afternoon here on Tip FM. So uh, until Sunday, Philly, we'll talk to you then. Thanks, Paul. Now, before we go to our first ad break, we're going to talk ladies football and the Tipperary ladies footballers are hoping to make it three wins from three in their league campaign this Sunday in Feathertown Park at 2pm when they take on Ross Common. And uh, to talk us through that game, I'm joined on the line by former Tipperary ladies football captain Samantha Lambert. Samantha, you're welcome to the show. Thanks very much for having me. Uh, no bother, Samantha. It's been a great start to the league for Tipperary. They have two wins from two in their first uh, two games over Westmead and uh, over Cavan last weekend. Um, it's It's been a few years since we've had such a good start uh, to the Ladies Football League. Um, it's been kind of an up and down couple of years, but it's great to see that they're uh, b- back in a good vein of form. What do you kind of put that down to? What What's kind of changed um, from that you've seen compared to maybe the last couple of years? Yeah, I suppose, first of all, they're after coming down from Division 1 um, to Division 2, so uh, I suppose the matches aren't going to be as as hard as what they would be up in Division One with a um, that bit of better standard with the a majority of them being being senior teams in Division One. But I think it's great. Look, it's, I know they're down in Division this year and they were last year as well. But I think Tipperary Leeds are going through a stage of development and and progressing their players at the minute, and they've a lot of youth on the team. And I think it's great for the girls to be winning these matches and boosting their confidence. Um, going into championship, yes, I know they're going to be coming across probably a lot of other counties when they come championship that are going to be a lot more physical and that. But that'll come like, and you know, a lot of these players are new to the panel, and you have the mixture of experience with Maria Curley and Ashley Maloney and Lauren Fitz as well. But 
um, getting these wins behind them, like you said, against Westmead and again um, against Cavan last weekend. Like they're, they, it really will boost them and and it'll get them in great form leading into the championship. And it's brilliant too because the way this kind of league is, of course, much has been said about the the fact that we've we've uh, what is it six out of seven games yeah. are at home in the league this year, but they're kind of in blocks. So there's a three week block now. Uh, we're coming up to the third week, but then they've a week off. Then they've two weeks on in a row. I think then they've a week off, and the rest of the games then. So I suppose they would have been targeting this opening block of three games in three weeks, all in Feathertown Park, and they've won two from two. So to win three from three would just be a huge boost going on further on in the league. Yeah, definitely. They've worth coming there on, on Sunday and they will be definitely looking at that as another opportunity to get a um, a win behind them. So, um, And they have a great chance. Uh, Roscommon have come up from Division 3 last year up to Division 2, so they're new to this kind of standard, I suppose. They've been competing well um, against Armagh last weekend. They really held them for a long, long time. Um, but I, I do think and I would believe that, that Tip will... will and should beat them again this Sunday, um, which, as you said, it'll it'll be a great uh, boost for them. Three out of three wins leading into that week break, and um, they'll be looking at just the the one away game then to Monaghan, which is great. Like you know, the facility there in Fettertown Park is unbelievable to have that facility around us. You know, the all weather it's absolutely brilliant, and they're getting serious crowds there, and that really does help when you're playing. Um, so it's brilliant for the girls and delighted to see it. They deserve it. Yeah, definitely. And I suppose you mentioned there Roscommon, who Tip are playing at 2pm on Sunday in Feathertown Park. Uh, Roscommon, as you said, came up from Division 3 last year. They played Tyrone in their first game, lost by three points, and then played Armagh uh, last weekend and lost by seven. So they're, they've two losses from their first two games, but as you said, they're coming up from Division 3. But with two losses um, behind them, the confidence mightn't be as high um, coming into this Tipperary game. So it is a chance for, for Tipperary to ma- maybe make it 3-3 three from three on Sunday. Yeah, definitely. Um, like as as you said, there Roscommon have come up from Division Three, but they have superb players. Um, one of them known Lisa O'Rourke, like she's um a boxer, a world champion boxer there, um, who won gold in Turkey last year. So she she lines out in midfield, so they'll be looking at her as opposed to kind of target. Um, and another girl, Laura Fleming. But at the same time, look, I think the tip are very very strong all over the field in the last game, particularly last week against Kevin. I thought they were absolutely brilliant. They're set up from the forwards to the backs and. The way they worked it out from the backs and, and created the score, like you know, and it's brilliant to see Maloney back in top form again. And mm. um, you can see, like that, <clears throat> I suppose a lot of the girls since since Maloney was injured last um, year and a half or so, like that a lot of the girls have stepped up to the mark now. You can see that there were seven scores there last week against Kevin for Tip, and the same again the weekend before, another seven scores on the board. So previous to that, we were probably looking at Maloney majority of the time, you know, and very little scores around that. So it's absolutely brilliant to see the likes of Infinity, um, Anna Rose, Kennedy, you know, the, all different forwards chipping in and that's what you need. You need a spread of forwards rather than depending on the one person all the time. Yeah, and that's that's brilliant to see. But hopefully, um, well, hopefully if, if uh, no fight starts on on, on uh, Sunday, if they have a <laughs> championship level yeah. boxer in midfield, but uh, hopefully it'll be another win. Um, Samantha Lambert, thanks for joining us on Across the Line. Thank you. Thanks very much. Now it's time to take our first ad break on this edition of Across the Line, but don't go anywhere because we will be talking about the Hearty Cup final after these. Yes, listeners, welcome back to part two of Across the Line here on Tip FM with myself, Paul Carroll, on this Friday, February the 3rd, 2023. 
Now it's time to uh, switch our attention to Semple Stadium on Sunday at 1pm and it's what's arguably the most anticipated Tipperary Schools hurling game ever. It's the 2023 Harty Cup final, the first time in, in the 105-year history of the Harty Cup that two Tipperary teams will be contesting the final. It's, of course, Thurless CBS versus Cashel Community School and it's a game you can hear live here on Tip FM. I'll be joined by the Tipperary minor hurling manager, James Woodlock, and uh, we'll talk you through that game from Sunday at 1pm and our coverage is with thanks to Templemore College of Further Education. And just a reminder to supporters that are going to the Harty Cup final that they're being asked to purchase tickets in advance of Sunday's final and that entry will be via the Oreen stand only. Now last week we had a media event in Toos Campus in Thurles with uh, both sets of managers and players from each team and I began by speaking to Thurles CBS manager and former Tipperary senior hurler Eamon Buckley about their semi-final win over Middleton where they bet a much fancied middle team, Middleton team by 16 points. So I began by uh, asking Eamon about the uh, confidence that's given their team. Yeah, definitely, uh, Paul. Um, I suppose before the match, people had Middleton as favourites, and, and rightly so. And the boys gave such a, a, a good performance in the first half, we were kind of worried, did we empty the tank a little bit um, at half-time uh, to be six points up? But they really drove on the second half and just pushed on. And it was just one of those days where... Everything we hit seemed to go over, everything they hit didn't. So, you know, thankfully we got over the line and, and just so happy to get into the final now again. And just l- judging by the, the scenes and that, that you'd see online after the game, like the huge crowd and atmosphere and all that at the games, that probably really adds to the, the whole occasion of the thing as well. Yeah, look, there's been a massive buy-in um, in the school, in the local community. All, our, all of our clubs that are feeding into us have just bought in so much. Um, like the sport and the buzz that were in, that was in the school there on Monday when we went back in was just top class, and um, hopefully again we'll have massive support come Sunday week and and the boys will get everybody will get behind the team again. And how do you find like these are you know they're all probably 15, 16, 17 year olds. How do they kind of find that big game atmosphere? Do they relish it or? Yeah, definitely. Um, like the lads, every day we've seen a kind of improvement in performance. So, look, hopefully we get another couple of percent up the next day. Um, but as you said, these lads are only 16, 17. And maybe that's, if you, if you think about the Middleton game again, you know, that can happen where some lads perform, some lads don't. And how they handle the next couple of, uh, next couple of days will be crucial to, to how we go on Sunday. So, um, look, hopefully we'll, the boys will take it on board. A lot of them have played in big matches, both with the tip minors are played in county finals with their clubs so hopefully that'll stand to them and um, I suppose having a lad of the calibre of Parig Mayer who's, who's used to, to big games and being involved in, in, in uh, big occasions um, what he says to the boys will hopefully stand to him as well And he's in just kind of coaching at the minute and, and helping the, the team out I'd say he, he brings a, a huge experience and probably a, a big figure to have in the dressing room on your side Oh definitely definitely and like when we, when we spoke with Parig first of all like the first thing he said was uh, if I'm coming in I want to get my hands dirty um, he was going to club matches over the summer to see the lads he wanted to know these lads before before we got uh, before we hit the ground running and I'll be honest when he was announced as a, a tip um, selector during the summer I was half worried that I'd get a phone call saying look I'm busy enough I can't commit but when he commits he commits and we're so happy to have him aboard and what he brings to us is, is just top class mm. and I suppose there's always been a huge culture of hurling in Turles CBS so I, I, does that bring a pressure or is that just kind of the, the whole is the, what's the, what's that culture look like actually being in around the school is it kind of a hurling yeah. mad or, or what, what yeah, is it like? no definitely there's a massive hurling tradition mm. in the school like um, and, and, and we'd like to say that it, or we'd like to think that it, it benefits us definitely because uh, just to have that culture there where the lads are bringing in their hurlies going up hurling at lunchtime hurling at break time 
Um, it's, ju it's just brilliant for, for the school. Um, and while we have that massive tradition, I suppose we're, we really only have, you know, we'd like to think we've been successful enough, but at the same time, we only have two Hearty Cups since 1956. So again, you know, that's, that's a long time there to have only two Hearty Cups. So um, no, we'd definitely like to hopefully try and get another one on the board mm. come next week. And the whole local angle is obviously a, a big thing in, in this Hardy Cup. The first ever time it's two tip schools in it, which was a surprise when I first heard it. But um, that brings so much to it in terms of just clubs with lads on both sides playing. And a lot of the players would probably know the players, the cash lads, fairly well. So it kind of, oftentimes like that, maybe form might nearly go out the window in an occasion like that. Yeah, look, you see it in any derby match or whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, these matches take on a life of their own and it's, it's going to be a totally different game to the last day. And we know that we're going to have to find another couple of percent again to, to try and get over the line. But as you said, uh, it will be some, I suppose, some atmosphere in the, in the, the local parishes and the local mm. clubs there when you have lads, the Nakavillas, the Borlands that have players on board panels and you'll have neighbours shouting for different schools and so on. So it's, no, look, it's going to be brilliant, brilliant for tip, brilliant for um, all the local, local uh, clubs. And we're just really looking forward to it now. Yeah, and Semple Stadium as well. I suppose a lot of lads probably would have played there before, but some lads, that's a new experience as well. Yeah, and look, isn't it brilliant that, you know, a showcase event like this is on in Semple Stadium. Um, you know, since since any young lad has been growing up, all he wants to do is play in Semple Stadium. And to play there for a big final like this is, is just adds another layer to it again. And, and again, we're just really looking forward to it now. That was Thurless CBS manager Eamon Buckley looking ahead to Sunday's Harty Cup final. But what about Cashel Community School? They won their semi-final by a single point beating Ard Skull Reach and are now in their first ever Harty Cup final as Cashel Community School. They played and won as Cashel CBS back in 1973. So it's a historic day for the Cashel School. And looking ahead to Sunday's final, I spoke to their manager, Brendan Ryan. Yeah, there is, yeah. There's great excitement. Sure, um, you know, there's, there's, there's great pride in the lads getting to here, you know, they've, it's been a brilliant journey there. You know, and it's happened so fast. You know, we we barely got through against CBC in a quarter final, and ten days later we had we had Ardskull in front of us. So, you know, you just come out of barely snake home against Ardskull. Could have went either way, and now we, you know, there's hardly time to look back and say, "Geez, well done." You have to prepare now as best we can for the big challenge ahead. You know, the lads there this morning started their leaving cert mock exams, so they've. They've that on them, and Turles lads will have a tool there in, in the build-up, you know, which in a way is maybe keep their mind off the game a little bit. But yeah, it has been a roller coaster. It's brilliant. It's great. Yeah, a very bit a busy time so for for them lads. But I, the semi-final against Ardskull, everyone kind of knows the, the pedigree of Ardskull reach going into it. Um, you get that one-point win, Adam Daly with the point to win it at the end. I'd imagine that's just given the whole squad a huge lift. I'd imagine going into this final. Yeah, it has. It has. Sure, look, they they dug it out. It, you know, ten minutes to go, Ard's got a huge momentum, had brought it back level and you know we were we, we were under pressure but you know the boys found enough to to, to keep their nose in front and Ard's got it back again and, and it just I don't know, it, look it could have went either way, we got a ball out of a rock and popped it at him and he he, he, he nailed it, the winner and just just so glad, you know, because they put in such a performance and we'd have been we'd have been incredibly proud of them if the result had to go one point against us. But the fact that it went in our favour which is great and it is no more than they deserve and no more than their families and parents and, and the clubs deserve because you know there's huge effort and commitment have gone in from a huge number of places like so mm. it's fantastic um, Talk to me a bit about the kind of hurling in the school I suppose it's the first time Cashel Community School have been in the 
Hearty Cup final, I believe Castro CBS were in it in the early 70s. Um, what's that journey been like over the last couple of years? You only got up to the Hearty level, was it Just two, three COVID. years ago? Yeah, yeah. so yeah. it's been a, a big journey of, of, yeah, of hurling. It has, look. I, I was over a Cashel team that got to a quarter final in 2005. And Eamon Buckley, it was against Turles, and Eamon was was, uh, was over Turles. And Paddy Mayer, who's a selector with Turles this year, was playing on the field and had Turles battles that day. Um, and look, we we slipped back into B, and you know, the B has just gone so competitive because there's less teams playing in Harty now. Mm. You know, you have the hospital, Charleville, Clonmel High School, you have um, Dungarvan CBS, you have all these schools, some of the Cork schools that have been up at hearty level are now in the B and the B is just so competitive mm. so yeah look we got to a quarter final that we lost after extra time in February of 16 five years ago Ronan Connolly's brother Owen was our captain he led us to a final we lost by the last puck of the game the following year we lost the semi-final by two points in injury time and then in February 20 February 2020 we bet Dune in a brilliant B final and uh we, got, we won the All-Ireland semi, didn't get to play the All-Ireland final because COVID was after hitting. Mm. And so that got us up to Hearty. So, you know, there's been a huge effort from a lot of players on four or five teams here to get us back playing Hearty. And sure, look, the lads are reaping rewards of all that effort from the from those players and those coaches and those um, and, and, and those clubs back. It's not just this year, you know. So. Yeah. And it's great for, I suppose, even West Tipperary as well, all the clubs that are represented and uh, Golden have an awful lot of players and lads like that. So it's great for to have lads playing at, at such a high level. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, no, we as a management team, Anthony Roach, Robbie Costigan, Owen Fitzpatrick and myself, you know, we as a management team, we tell them lads their club is the thing and, you know, but just to take this opportunity to play at a level above club level mm-hmm. where you've the best players of a number of clubs coming together to embrace it as best they can and they have mm. and they've done that and look it's just fantastic we're under no illusions we have a huge challenge ahead you know many people would have thought Middleton would have been you know the slight favourites for this competition all along you know Turles to beat them by 16 points it's just we know the quality in Turles but we have to perform we have to look at ourselves we have to perform and if we do we have Hopefully we'll be there thereabouts, and but if we don't perform, we'll be we'll come up well short of what's needed. Yeah, and I suppose the the local angle uh, brings a different whole aspect to the thing in terms of a lot of these players would have even been teammates with their clubs or even teammates with the Tipperary Miners last year and stuff like that. So lads will know each other, and I I think that kind of brings everything closer together in terms of almost kind of a, a derby kind of atmosphere. Absolutely, yeah. These players know each other really well, really well. There's club mates. There's 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 as you said, lads that played together with Tip. They're playing with Tip Twenties now. They're playing with Tip Miners now. They played with Tip Miners last year, so they know each other really well. And sure, look, it's fantastic. Look, both Turles CBS and and ourselves, we we only we only love to win. But you know, at the end of, and we'll be gutted to lose. But at the end of the day, there's going to be Hearty Cup winners from Tipperary this year. There's going to be 16 and 17 year olds, 18 year olds with Hearty Cup medals, and that's only brilliant. And uh, the big day in Sample Stadium now, um, a huge day for the school, I suppose, and, and there's going to be a huge probably fanfare in the next uh, couple of days in the school. Um, how do you kind of prepare the players for all that? Or I suppose the last couple of days have been big outings too. They, they might be just kind of warm into that kind of atmosphere now. Yeah, they do. Look, these are young lads, and you know they do. This is this is new to us to be playing in front of 
loud crowds some chanting or whatever and look the lads have responded the last two days and we can just only hope that they'll perform again it won't distract them it'll maybe give them a little bit of energy but I'm sure Turles will have huge support as well and they'll get energy from their support so look it's fantastic it's in, in Simple Stadium it's every player's dream to play in Simple Stadium so it's fabulous look, there, there, there is a couple of, there's some lads on, every, on both teams that have played there before and there's loads of lads that never have played there so this is fabulous it's great it's great Cashel Community School Manager Brendan Ryan giving us his take ahead of Sunday's Hearty Cup final. It's on at 1pm in Semple Stadium on Sunday and we'll have live commentary here on Tip FM with thanks to Templemore College of Further Education and I personally just can't wait for the uh, the fanfare and the whole occasion uh, on Sunday so I'm looking forward to that one and hope you can join us. Now there are not the only two uh, Tipperary schools in action over the weekend. We have two Tipperary schools in All-Ireland Senior Camogie semi-finals and to talk about those games I'm joined by Tipperary Camogie Piero, Geraldine Caman. Geraldine, you're welcome to the show. Thanks, Paul. So, you know, Geraldine, we have uh, two Tipperary schools in All-Ireland semi-finals this weekend. We'll start first. Uh, Ursuline Thurlis are taking on Loretto Kilkenny in the Senior A semi-final. That's on Saturday at 12 noon in Conaghy, Sham- Con- Conaghy Shamrocks GA Club. Uh, that's 12 noon on Saturday. Um, a bit of history between these two teams, I suppose. They met in the uh, Junior A final uh, last year, which went to a replay. I think the first game was that 6-10 to 7-7 game. So uh, probably a lot of players who would have played in that probably going to feature this weekend as well. Yeah, definitely, I'd say. Um, like you said, there was two cracking games last year when they met in the Junior A uh, finals. The first one, Loretta put up a big lead and, and credit to Ursline, they made a fantastic comeback and was really high scoring, full of goals, full of excitement and ended all square and then the Ursline bet him and the replay. So look, that's, that would give them a boost but obviously it's senior, it's... Um, you know, there will be a lot of players, but there'll also be a lot of players that weren't didn't feature mm. on either side. So, uh, look, Lorraine are a really strong schools team, Camogie dominating Leinster there for a long, long time. And, um, you know, it's going to be a huge task for Ursuline. But, look, they were very impressive in the Munster final win over Cashel. And no doubt they'll, they'll be all guns blazing on Saturday um, to try and reach an All-Ireland final. And they'll have huge confidence from that win over Cashel too. Yeah, definitely, you know, because Cashel, I suppose, were many people's favourites, yeah. uh, being the holders and reaching the final year last year. So, But look, our, our sign of players like Lorna Ryan, for Burke, Kate Ferncone, Cueva Stakelham, Sarah Corkin, you know, all playing really well, really impressive Camogie. And, you know, um, they're a very balanced team in fairness. And I thought that was the difference against Cashel in the Munster final. So, you know, that will definitely stand to them and just wish them the very best luck as well on Saturday in Conaghy J. And if anyone can get to that game at, at 12 o'clock and, you know, the support will be important, you know. And uh, the other game uh, also taking place on Saturday. This one is in Gorey at one o'clock on Saturday. This is the All Ireland Senior B School semi final. So we've St Mary's Nina against uh, Gorey or Gorey Community School. Um, so St Mary's come in off the back of beating Clochon Fiercig in the Munster final. So they'll be hoping to continue their good form as well. Yeah, really good win in the Munster final for St Mary's. You know they had to battle hard. They, they went six points to one down. I think midway through the first half. Um, but you know they got a goal and came back and were leading at half time one sixty eight. So really impressive performance. They, you know again the goals um, stood to them. They got four in total. Matry got two and Irish Grace got one. And um, you know it was an impressive performance, impressive win away in Cork. And you know they have to travel again, which is a pity. They have to go down to Gorey, taking on Gorey Community School. The the Leinster Senior B winners. Um, that game is at one o'clock in in a pitch in Gorey. And again, you know, you'd be urging everyone to get behind them girls. You know, a lot of clubs represented 
on the St. Mary's team, like the Burgess and, and Silvermines and um, and Money Gall. And you'd be hoping people get behind their club players and, you know, a big school following and get to Gorey and support them. Um, I see Gorey are managed by Mary Lacey and Helena Jacob, two former Wexford and Owler players. And, you know, so they'll be, again, taking they take their camogie very serious down there in Gorey Community School, as do St. Mary's. And I expect in a very close game and, um, you know, it's a young enough St. Mary's team and the likes of Irish Grace it was on the county under 16s last year. Ian Troy is on it this year, the panel. So, you know, it's a young team, but um, mm. good, very impressive run so far, you know. And hopefully we can have a, a couple of All-Ireland finals maybe to talk about in the coming weeks. Uh, Jordan Command, thanks for joining us on Across the Line. Thanks, Paul. So now it's time for our second ad break on this edition of Across the Line, but don't go anywhere because after the break, we're going to be talking to Ireland rugby under-20 player and Lockmore Castellani native Brian Gleeson. We'll also be looking ahead to one of the biggest games in the history of Nina Ormond Rugby Club. And we're also going to be previewing the weekend's greyhound racing. So don't go anywhere. We'll be back after these. Now, welcome back to the third and final part of Across the Line here on Tip FM with myself, Paul Carroll, on this Friday, February the 3rd, 2023. Now, as you might have seen during the week, Lockmore native Brian Gleeson was named to the Ireland Under-20 team to play Wales tonight. It starts at uh, just 7 o'clock and he's playing number 8 uh, for Ireland in the back row against Wales in the Under-26 Nations. And uh, earlier in the week, I got to speak to Brian at the uh, press conference he was put forward to. And I began by asking him about his journey from Lockmore to the Ireland Under-20 squad. Um, well, it's it's been a, an unusual sort of way. Uh, I started off at about six years old in Curlis, um, kind of because uh, a lot of my schoolmates inside in, in primary school were had started there. So, and I decided I'd uh, try it out because I was, of course, quite a, a big fella. So, and and my my dad had played in Curlis when he was younger, so I kind of played for about three to four years and. Um, I was going well in the hurling, making the, the Tipperary under 14, under 15 teams. So um, I kind of went to, more to the hurling and football route. So I actually gave up rugby in Turles. And it's only for when I went back to Rockwell, I kind of took it up again because uh, that's kind of the only sport really that was going on in Rockwell at the time. So, uh, but I'm glad, I'm glad it has. And, you know, when a junior cup, when I was in third year, um, having Dennis Leamy as a coach, um, like coming in and working, like it's it's really um, it's really helped my game, and um, it's kind of it's kind of led me to getting on the monster setups, like under seventeen for two years, under uh, under nineteen for two years, and then here we are now. Brilliant, and I'd imagine it was a hard. Um... I'd imagine you probably still get phone calls from maybe the Frankie McGrath or someone in Lockmore maybe trying to trying to pull you back. Uh, no, nah, I wouldn't even say that. No, they're all uh, supportive. Um, like if it was ever around, like they'd all be uh, congratulating me and asking me how it's going and stuff. Um, but sure, obviously they're going very well themselves. Uh, uh, last year, like having winning the double in hurling football, so. Um, I love going and watching their games stuff and sporting from the sideline as well. Brilliant. Well, everyone here in Tipperary is uh, wishing you all the best anyway. Cheers. Thanks a million, Bob.
Ireland under-20 rugby player and Loch native of Brian Gleeson there speaking to me during the week. Now we're going to stay with rugby, where we're going to switch the club game and uh, Nina Ormond, director of rugby, John Long, is on the line uh, to preview one of the biggest games in Nina Ormond's history. They're in the Munster Senior Challenge Cup semi-final on Saturday at 12 noon. They play Corkside Highfield RFC in the semi-final. And uh, as I said, John Long is on the line to talk about this one. John, you're welcome to the show. Thanks, Paul. So, John, it's the Munster Senior Challenge Cup semi-final uh, tomorrow against Highfield of Cork. Um, can you tell me a, a bit about the importance of this competition, the Munster Senior Challenge Cup? Because I think you mentioned it a couple of weeks ago about this being just a massive game for the club. So just tell us a bit about the, the importance, I suppose, uh, of this competition. Yeah, it's a huge, huge competition in Munster, I suppose. And uh, historically, Nee Norman's Holy Grail was the Junior Cup uh, when it was a junior club. Um, a cup they've won and and you know uh, propelled Nina to to where it is today. Um, it's a senior club, first senior club in Tipperary. To reach the semi final of the senior cup, it's it's a huge thing. It's a huge uh, achie- achievement and an honour. Um, it's a competition, as I say, that's held in very high regard. And uh, to have beaten a one A team on the road to getting to the semi final is is just something the club should, needs to be very proud of and, and that they are. Yeah, and I suppose it's it's Highfield, a, Div- a Division 1B team um, who's going to be coming to uh, New Ormond Park on Saturday at 12 o'clock. But I suppose looking at Nina first, you're in great form coming into it. In January, three wins and one draw and coming in off the back of a win against Blackrock, which is huge, and then a massive away win against Queen's. So confidence among the panel must must be very high. Yeah, there's a great buzz there at the moment. It's been a great year all in all, I suppose, you know. Um a few silly losses in the in uh, before Christmas, um, but we're certainly in the mix. We're in, in fifth position. There's only a few points but in the in the top five between teams. Um still a lot to play for and, and have had a great start to the new year unbeaten, I suppose, and very much looking forward to playing Highfield on Saturday and, and uh you know, having a real crack at it. Yeah, and Highfield themselves are going to be coming in a lot of confidence as well. I was looking down through their results. Um, they're four wins from four in January. They're third in Division 1B, so the division above Nina, they're, they're in third. Nina are in fifth in Division 2A, as you mentioned. So um, it's not going to be a, an easy encounter at, on, on, sun, on Saturday afternoon. No, um, it, uh, you know, I suppose divisions are one thing, but um, there'll be very little be very little in, in between the, the abilities of both teams um, they're not they're not going to come up and get a walk in the park for sure you know um, Nina are well going to be well up for it and as I say we're really looking forward to the challenge and you mentioned earlier about the uh, the win over a Division 1A side that was uh, Gary Owen I believe earlier in the in the competition can yeah. you talk about uh, the cup run maybe so far so yeah it was, we, we beat all Crescent uh, in the first round uh, away from home back in September and then we faced Gary Owen in the quarter final again away from home uh, beating them and it was a, a huge day a huge day for the club and a huge achievement um, and that's, that's that was kind of the road to where we are now in the semi against Highfield Yeah and, and home advantage as well which will be huge Massive yeah it's, we're, we're really hoping for a big crowd out there on Saturday and for any listeners it would be great if you could if you could make the effort I know it's a, a bit of an early kick off at 12 o'clock but uh, the Ireland game will be shown in the clubhouse after, and and I promise it will be a great a great buzz and atmosphere on the day. So home advantage is huge, and and home support is is it's just massive for any team. And and the bigger the crowd, the better, and the better the game will be. 
And can you just uh, the what would it mean for the club now to get to it to a Munster Senior Challenge Cup final? It'd be huge. I mean, the semi final of a senior cup is probably the highest tiered game the club has ever reached. You know, to meet to make the final would be another step up, and and it would just be it would be just rewards for the the work that's gone in and the work that's done in behind the scenes. I mean. From presidents to committee to, to coaches to players, I mean the, the commitment and work that goes in there is phenomenal. Um, to, to be rewarded with a place in the senior cup final would be well deserved, and and it would be a very welcome welcomed achievement. And uh, please God, Nina Norman can get there. It's a game I'm looking forward to going to myself. Twelve o'clock in New Ormond Park on Saturday. Nina Ormond versus Highfield RFC. Uh, John Long, thanks for joining us on Across the Line. Thanks, Bob. Nee Normand, Director of Rugby, John Long joining us there to preview their Munster Senior Challenge Cup semi-final against Highfield. That's at 12 noon in New Ormond Park here in Nina. Now at this time, as always on a Friday evening, it's time to talk dogs with Barry Drake. Tip FM's Greyhound Update in association with Greyhound Racing Ireland because this runs deep. All roads lead to Clanmel this weekend uh, for the uh, National Coursing Festival which gets underway at Powerstown Park on Sunday but uh, Clanmel Greyhound Stadium holds um, some fantastic racing action uh, over the course of the weekend. The Clanmel Greyhound Stadium will race this week on Saturday, Sunday and Monday so three nights of fabulous Greyhound racing to look forward to and there's also racing of course in Thurless Greyhound Stadium on uh, Saturday night and we're going to just start with the racing at Thurless on Saturday night it's a 7.35 start and uh, the cool of any half at stud 0-2 0-3 on race day which uh, kindly uh, gets underway there's some nice uh, prospects in that and I think Patrick Gilfile could have a winner there in the opening semi-final with Brave Lad who's owned by Patrick Gilfile and John Byrne Uh, this Greyhound qualified well in 30-01 and I would expect that to make a winning debut there uh, for the leading kennel while in the second semi-final it looks a much more open affair. Um, the likes of uh, Trap Number Two, Rock My Heart for Padraig Hark in County Tipperary. Uh, Son of Pastana has got nice uh, qualifying trial form, as has um, Trap Number Four, and that's going to be the pick. Uh, Born a Silk, this one for Kate One uh, in the Turles area there. I think that just might get the job done. But as I said, some good action to look forward to there um, on uh, Saturday night there at the uh, Turles Ground Stadium. We're going to concentrate on Clan Mel on Saturday night, a uh, 7.30 start there, and um, some really good action to look forward to over the course of the um, 10 race card some really nice sorts in racing action and um, one that uh, caught my eye comes in race number 8 this is a sprint uh, contest um, S1 to S3 grades and I thought maybe trap number 4 here Honda Jet could go well uh, for the Style Crew Syndicate um, it's competed at a very high level and I thought it would take plenty of beating the obvious danger there for me is Wilderness Honey who runs in trap number 5 that's owned by uh, Declan Drone there in Clanmel so that's Saturday night's racing action uh, all getting underway there in Clanmel at 7.30 the racing goes up a notch on Sunday night another really nice car down for decision once again uh, all starting there at 7.30 in Clanmel a uh, couple of nice finals down for decision uh, the Cozy Kennels on race stake final um, takes place in, in race number 2 um, the likes of uh, um, knock Zia uh, was impressive in the opening round and winning in 29-37 but I thought trap number one Crypto Punk Alien uh, for trainer Graham Holland 
might build on that uh, third place uh, finish on debut and could go two places better there uh, for the leading trainer elsewhere um, some you know other good finals to look forward to the let's hear it for the Iceman A4 uh, stake uh, final is 1000 euros to the winner that comes in race number 5 Emers Archie was one of the standout performers in the opening round when winning in that uh, 2908 owned and trained by JJ Dunn there in Turles that just might take all the beating in that one but on to the highlight of the weekend at Clonmel Greyhound Stadium it comes in Bank Holiday Monday night um, a top class racing car down for decision at Clonmel all getting underway at 7.30 the feature race on the night of course will be the final of the um, Royal Kennels Open on race stake uh, 6,200 euros to the winner um, Droopy's racer has been one of the stars of the competition so far although turned over last time I think it could prove a tough not to crack it has clocked 2849 and 2858 and I think it could be the one to beat uh, for Northern Ireland trainer Michael Carr but some good um, opposition in the final Graham Holland has uh, a, a nice runner for um, the uh, Scots clan syndicate in, in Lucan uh, Roar Kiai um, who has uh, showed plenty of pace in the feet the likes of Pied Piper in trap number 6 for Morris Heffernan in Ratgangan uh, 28-62 winner last time that's another one that should go well but for me I'm going to stick with Troopy's racer as I said has been one of the stars of the competition so far other races to look forward to the Deadly Kennel and Gavin John's Open 550 has attracted a couple of really classy sorts I'm going to go with um, Swords Fudge here um, in, in trap number 2 um, should go well Petersburg is another leading player for Michael Carr but an open enough contest there but I think uh, Swords Fudge could be the, the improving sort and could deliver a big performance there in that race while finally the Sporting Press Online Edition A1A2 stake uh, 550 yards 2,400 euros to the winner here Sparta Max was impressive when winning in 29.98 in the opening round but faces a much difficult draw um, in trap number 6 that one for uh, Philip Goff there keep an eye on Cossie Hall who could go well for uh, trainer James Keller that's won 10 of its 25 career outings but it's a wide open race but as I said so much to look forward to in Clamel Greyhound Stadium this weekend and if you're at the National Coursing Festival make sure you make a trip down to the Clamel Greyhound Stadium we're very much looking forward to a busy weekend at the um, Tipperary Tracks Barry Drake there giving us the rundown on all the weekend's Greyhound Racing as always on a Friday evening here on Across the Line now that's just about all we've got time for in this week's edition of Across the Line here on Tip FM I'd like to thank all my guests throughout the episode of a very busy episode of Across the Line with a lot happening but I'd like to remind the listeners that we've two uh, live games happening on Tip FM over the weekend first up tomorrow evening 5pm in Semple Stadium Tipperary versus Leash in the National Hurling League we'll have live commentary of that game with thanks to Kloster Pubble Ross Gray College of Further Education myself and Shane McGrath will bring you com- commentary of that game and then on Sunday at 1pm myself and James Woodlock will bring you live commentary of Thurless CBS versus Cashel Community School in the Hardy Cup final and I'm very much looking forward to that one our coverage for that one is with thanks to Templemore College of further education now coming up after the news is Carol Power I will be back on the air tomorrow evening but until then have a good weekend and we will talk to you tomorrow bye for now